0: I'm Shanna Paxton.
1: And I'm Jeff Gibson.
0: And we are... The the Movie Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello to the official podcast of The Gibson Review. In this bonus episode, we are spending 30 to 50 minutes. I hope it's not 50, but I'm just... (laughs) I don't want to break a promise to you. uh, Reviewing Christopher Nolan's Tenant. Uh, How are you today, Jeff?
1: I'm doing fantastic. My mind's a little... Bit uh swirly after mulling over this movie for the past 20 hours or better part of 20 hours what a
0: fantastic second experience we got to have at the theater yes we'll this was talk a about great that second film
1: we should talk about that experience in yeah. a second
0: all right shall we listen to the trailer to tenant
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure
0: here we go enjoy
1: all i have for you is a word It'll open the right doors Some of the wrong ones too Use it carefully To do what I do I need some idea of the threat we face
0: As I understand it we're trying to prevent World War III.
1: I'm not saying i again here.
0: No. Something worse. I gather you have an interest in a certain Russian national.
1: Mike, bring me in. You really want to know? He can communicate with the future. Time travel? No.
0: Inversion. Name it and pull the trigger. You're shooting the bullet. You're catching it.
1: Well, I've seen too much. Well, we'll try and keep up. Your duty transcends national interests. This is about survival. It seems bold.
0: Old, I'm fine, but I thought you were going to say nuts. This is where our worlds collide. How would you like to die? Old. Oh. You chose the wrong profession.
1: Well, the hell happened here? Hasn't happened yet. There are people in the future who need us. I need a tenant. We need to save them here and now. This reversing the flow of time doesn't us being here now mean it never happened. You want to crash a plane, but not from the air. No one's so dramatic. Well, how big a plane? That part is a little dramatic.
0: And that was the amazing trailer from Tenant. I think it's the third one. Did you pick the third one?
1: Well, I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) I guess I have to now. My favorite
0: is the first one because you you know nothing. You just know that... John David Washington is in it, and that Christopher Nolan has a new film to entertain us with.
1: Yes, that was uh, all I needed to know.
0: Now, when we do a review, we like to start with the good, the bad, then the ugly. In other words, the good stuff and bad stuff that isn't spoilery, then the good and bad that is a spoiler. I'm going to tiptoe as much as I can, and we're going to let Jeff do his review first. Let me tell you what this film is about without spoiling it. And how I'm going to do that is just read directly from IMDb so that no one hates me. <laughs> <laughs> Armed with only one word, tenant, and fighting for the survival of the entire world. A protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> And this is Christopher Nolan's 11th film. So I'm pretty pumped. I love his work. I'm a little bit of a worshiper. I'm okay admitting that.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. This stars, Would you call yourself a, a Nolan acolyte where he could do no wrong?
0: Maybe I could be one level under that.
1: One level? Like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: This stars John David Washington, who we know from Black Klansman then we've got robert pattinson from twilight
1: oh come on <laughs> come on he's done so much since twilight we don't have to cast that shadow over I'm him. i'm trying
0: to bring all the other people over oh
1: man <laughs>
0: and then elizabeth de who is from what
1: widows is the, oh, m- yeah. the thing i know her from
0: yeah the one that that pukes a lot the character uh, that pukes a lot.
1: Maybe. Actually, I've only seen that movie once. So I don't remember it that well.
0: And then we've got other people like Aaron Taylor-Johnson. We've got Kenneth Brent. How do I say that? Bruno. Bruno. Branagh. All right. And, uh, of course, the lucky charm, Michael Caine. And several other wonderful people like Dimple Kabadia. I really... Himesh
1: Patel. Yeah. And uh, Clemence Policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Martin Donovan, who apparently has been in... Uh, Nolan's films, as far back as Insomnia, too. He's a character actor.
0: Yeah, I think he has a few lucky charms, kind of like how mm. Pixar has. Who is Ham's voice?
1: Like John Ratzenberger, you yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you thought about this film?
1: Well, okay. So first. Do we want to talk about the experience just really briefly first? Um, give some. Oh yeah,
0: that's a great take idea. Take a step back. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I was actually nervous about the experience of going in to see Tenet because this is a highly anticipated movie. It was supposed to be, you know, released in July. It was for a while positioned as the movie that would return society back to movies post pandemic and of course you know being americans uh we didn't do what we were supposed to so the pandemic's still going and so it got delayed almost two full months definitely a month right so i was uncertain you know our new mutants experience was so good i was expecting this to be kind of a full theater kind of experience and there was like what a dozen people in our screening tops it was very similar to our New Mutants screening, wasn't yeah, it?
0: Yeah, I don't think there were many people, and it was the big theater room.
1: Yes, as was the New Mutants too. That when we saw that, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know what the figures are for worldwide gross because it's actually opening wide, opened wide worldwide, and just kind of like dipping its toe in the states. I guess I don't know, but uh, so I was nervous, and it actually it went pretty smoothly. As far as the experience goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, Pepsi is still there. (laughs) Oh, well.
1: Yeah, we're referring... I guess I'm
0: not drinking my quarter cup allowance of soda anymore.
1: Yeah, so if you miss (laughs) the... And I'm buying
0: the $5 bottle of water.
1: Yeah, that's expensive. If you missed the previous episode, we were talking about how we're Coke fans. I'm in particular a Coke fan, and our local theater just changed contracts to Pepsi, and we were... Caught unawares and displeased. But anyway, so this movie, Tenet, um, let's see, we haven't reviewed a Christopher Nolan movie properly on this podcast before, have we? Because you didn't I
0: suppose not. I didn't touch Dunkirk because it's war. However, you explained a little bit to me what the story structure and so I was curious, so maybe I will watch it.
1: Now before that was Interstellar, correct?
0: I think so. I'll and, pull it up and you can keep talking. And that
1: was in 2014. And what you were just saying actually is a great segue to my, to a question of um, how many movies of Nolan's have you not seen? Are there very many out of his 11 films?
0: Oh, wow. There's something. Well, let's see here. I don't think I've seen Following.
1: That was his first one. Okay.
0: Okay. I've seen Memento. I have not seen Insomnia. Mm-hmm. I've seen Batman Begins. I have not seen The Prestige. That sounds like fun. Oh. I have seen The Dark Knight. I have seen Inception. I have seen Dark Knight Rises. Yes to Interstellar. No to Dunkirk. And yes to Tenant.
1: Okay, so if I understand correctly, there's like four of his films you have not seen. Yeah, maybe three or four. Okay. I have seen All Except for Following. And I've seen The Prestige once. And I remember being meh about it but a lot of people love that movie so i really need to revisit it i guess that's a movie that stars hugh jackman christian bale and scarlett johansson Lovey it has a lot to do with magic
0: oh why on earth have i not seen this
1: i i don't know but at any rate i'm a fan of Nolan, but i'm not one of those people that i see on social media who are just like absolute nolan acolytes think he's the greatest director of all time or anything like that i i, I think that Nolan has made a handful of flawed films. Uh, I think that he is a visionary and interesting director, but I don't think he's, like, the be-all end-all and is perfect or anything. And I think that that might be reflected in some of my thoughts in, in this discussion of Tenet. What, what I can say about Tenet, I can, I can speak very broadly, very easily about this movie. First of all, it is one hell of a brain teaser, a lot of people are like well inception was a brain teaser too inception was a brain teaser to an extent It definitely was bringing ideas very highbrow intelligent ideas to sci-fi with stunning visuals right but the thing about inception that works and i it gets some criticism for this but i think it helps the movie is that like Nolan kind of held our hand to an extent. He respected yeah. our intelligence. He didn't yeah. patronize us. Look, but it, it's he,
0: Christopher Nolan's kindergarten. Well, and then tenant is college.
1: Okay. In my opinion. Okay. I think the, the where I would delineate is Inception helps make sense of everything, has time for breathing room and for character development. Mm. Tennant does not stop like you have to pay attention to every line of dialogue in this movie because it is often exposition trying to explain and keep you up of if it has nothing if it's not about the plot itself it's about the mechanics of the story what 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 uh, the concepts are right and explaining those concepts right and what what I will say is like, As a result, it has some really cool visual stuff. It has some really interesting ideas in it. You will probably have the Keanu Reeves Matrix, whoa, a couple times in it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's it's very cool in a lot of ways. And there's some things that it does with characters and other things in the third act that uh, are fairly satisfying. Uh, The visuals, I don't know how nolan did this considering he shot on film because he traditionally shoots on film he still has kodak and everything but there are scenes where you see people doing things in the background backwards while you have the principal actors acting doing things in forward motion like in normal motion right and you have people in the background like doing complicated things backwards and it's it's sort of amazing and mind blowing in in that way. Like from a just a craft perspective, like Christopher Nolan has often kind of pushed the envelope in terms of the craft of filmmaking, mm-hmm. and I don't think Tenet is an exception in that regard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: John David Washington is a fucking star in this He's movie.
0: So potent and wonderful to watch.
1: Yeah, he has that magic thing. And, and this is the movie where, like, it will sell you on that magic thing that a star has. Uh, he is the guy to, like, keep an eye out on from now on if you haven't already. If you haven't watched Black Klansman, this will make you want to go back and see him in Black Klansmen because mm-hmm. he's awesome. He's even more awesome, I'd say, in that I movie, I want to go right? watch it right now. Right? So he's great in it. And Robert Pattinson, like, guys, like, come on. Like, there's way more to Robert Pattinson than <laughs> what he was given in, in Twilight. He has made some very interesting choices over the past 10 years he's as an new actor. Batman. Well, OK, that's leaping ahead here. But okay, well, in the interim... From
0: one extreme to the other.
1: He's... Uh, he's worked with very interesting directors. He's done stuff with uh, David Cronenberg. He did a movie called The Rover, Queen of the Desert. He did Lost City of Z*. He's done a lot of interesting dramas. High Life from the Safety brothers who did Uncut Gems last year. Uh he starred in that. He starred in the Lighthouse last year with Robert Eggers, the director of The Witch. Like, this dude is really working on his skills as an actor. So like I don't think that tenant really pushes him as an actor, per se. You know, he's the supporting dude. He's like the Tom Hardy of this movie in a way, right? As Tom Hardy was in Inception, you know? Just
0: a really great supporting uh, character.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And Elizabeth Debicki has some surprise as well. I think that she's going to be basically this type of character... And I won't go into details in here, I guess, a particular type of character that we've seen before for a female character who's kind of entrenched in the goings-on of, of the of the plot uh, and having to do with the villain and stuff. And she ends up surprising in the third act and going in more interesting directions. I think there's a lot to like and appreciate about Tenet. But do... I think it's one of Nolan's best films. Mm, Probably not. But we'll get into more of that in a little bit here. Shannon, why don't you share what you thought was good about Tenet?
0: Well, just like you, I love the visuals. I love the techniques. I do feel like Christopher Nolan, if anything, he's consistent with, at least what I've seen, he's consistent with trying to figure out new techniques and ways to visually engage us. So I feel like that's what, he can consistently be known for achieving. I love the characters. I felt that Elizabeth Debicki had a lovely little quick blimp of an arc mm. in the time that we are given, uh, taking into account what, what you had said, that there isn't a lot of breathing room. Mm-hmm. So I was really surprised that I ended up loving her. And everyone's performances, the three that we've mentioned, is just superb. I love it. Even our other supporting actors, you know, everyone is top notch in this film.
1: Like are you referring to like Aaron Taylor Johnson and Hamish Patel?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I loved seeing everybody. I liked seeing Kenneth Branagh. Branagh? Thank you. Uh, Kenneth Bronner. I loved seeing his performance as jarring and, and disturbing as it was.
1: Yeah, you know, I was really reluctant. I had heard that he was playing a Russian, and I was like, oh, I don't know. That seems like it could be over the top. He's actually really monstrous in this film and, and really good at being a bit of a monster.
0: So what was your concern with him being a Russian, just getting the accent right? I don't, um, I don't know his origin well
1: you don't what do you mean
0: like i don't know if he is russian
1: no or... no kenneth Branagh. he's he's english he used to be married to emma thompson he's like he brought in the second wave of shakespeare popularity okay, uh, in gotcha. film in the 90s like henry v hamlet all this sort of stuff like uh but at the same time like more recently he's done some roles that have been mm, questionable and I wasn't really sure going into it that he'd be able to pull off playing a villainous Russian. You know that feels like almost mustache twirly and uh, pota- potentially hokey. But I I thought he was actually a strength of the film and very menacing.
0: I didn't realize that he is going to be Hercule Poirot per- on Death on the Nile.
1: He was in the remake. He's the one that made the remake, I think.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Of
1: Murder on the Orient Express.
0: And I didn't know he was from Much Ado About Nothing. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, he directed that one, too.
0: Nice. So, okay. There was no need to be worried about that. Huh? Ended up being fine. As I said, everyone's performances were really great. That was probably my favorite part here. I love the story. The story at times was really difficult to follow, though, because so much is happening. Look, the score is not overpowering. It's lovely. It makes you want to install a surround sound system in your home, Mm. which often I don't feel that way because I get overstimulated. But the dialogue sometimes moves too quickly and a few times too softly. So there'll be things that I miss. Mm. And as they're going, as they're having quotation marks, quiet time, they're actually speaking very quickly and they're explaining things, the physics of how tenant works and how our future selves would behave and our past selves behave. And they've got all these wonderful time travel concepts happening that I want to really absorb and enjoy. But... Uh, at the same time, I, I wish I had subtitles often through this film. So that was one problem that I had.
1: So you're segueing into uh, the bad, then.
0: Well, I, I agree with all the good stuff that you've mentioned. The cinematography was beautiful. Uh, watching things go backwards didn't make me want to throw up, so we were great right <laughs> there. Okay. Yeah, you want to move on to bad?
1: Yeah, I should, before we do, you mentioned the cinematography. It's a, it's good to note and credit who is responsible for that. That is Hoyt van Hoytema, who actually is someone that we've been seeing over the past few years uh, pop up as a notable cinematographer. And if you're not familiar, he's best known for such movies as... Nolan's past couple movies, Dunkirk and Interstellar. He also was a cinematographer in Ad Astra and Let the Right One In. Oh, yeah. He's
0: really good at sculpting with light. He's really good at it.
1: Yeah? What do you mean by sculpting with light?
0: Well, you know, there's a balance, right, between showing enough light on a face And enough dark on a face. It's not always flat, it's not always butterfly lighting, like, you know, lighting up the whole face and making people look good. Sometimes you need to have different versions of that. Sometimes it needs to be gritty. Sometimes there needs to be color gels. You know, there's a couple different lighting things happening in this film, and I'm really glad that we have a variety there. Otherwise, it becomes quite boring. Uh, A good contrast to this would be like, think any romance film often there the light is very pretty and even on people except Mm. when there's a dreamy sequence at night so it's really great the work that he does is amazing
1: i want to give a shout out to the editor of this movie too because i think what she's had to do is fairly extraordinary in this film she her name is uh, the unfortunately named jennifer lame and she is anything but lame the work that she has done in the past has largely been quieter like dramas like francis ha she's uh, so she's worked actually with noah baumbach a couple times francis ha while we're young and mistress america she also did paper towns manchester by the sea uh, hereditary which was a huge horror hit two years ago uh, and Marriage Story last year. She was mm. the editor of that.
0: That is quite lovely editing. Editing that really stands out, you know?
1: Well, you know, it, it's, it's almost night and day compared to what, she, what was necessary of her in Tenet. It's, it's a completely t- different type of workload, and I think she is one of the reasons why, why this movie is as successful as it is. It really helps, especially with the third act, make it uh, work as well as it does and make sense out of everything, as which is super crucial uh, mm. in this film.
0: And then remind me who did the score? It was Ludwig.
1: Perfect, because I was going to segue. And he was going to be my segue to what I thought didn't work. Uh, Ludwig oh, dear. Uh, Van Gor or Ludwig Gorenson. So he's a composer who has done some fantastic scores in the past. He, just to kind of run down, he's done a lot. So I'm going to be brief here. He's kind of come up in the past 10 years as a notable. uh, Apparently he did a a lot of, a large part of Community. Then he segued to Creed. He did Central Intelligence Black Panther. He did Venom Creed Two. He's done the Mandalorian score and now Tenet, among many other things. I don't think his score is one of the strengths of this film. Good composer, respect most of his work... But in this case, I, you know, maybe maybe it's a case of the mixing on one hand because it came across so loud. This movie is so fucking loud. In this particular case, it's just it just seemed like everything was amped up in terms of the volume. And it's almost what's the right word? It's almost numbing? I guess maybe it's overbearing? perhaps and certainly not memorable okay like we are not reaching hans zimmer level inception score here right uh and i i compare because a lot of people are comparing uh tenet to inception in terms of you know it's sci-fi concepts it's and the way it's introducing intelligent and thoughtful ideas nothing from tenant as a score is like iconic or memorable, and I challenge you to even hum a few bars of the score to Tenet. I bet you you really kind of can't. And I'm not sure that it necessarily amplifies or heightens the experience that much, the score. Uh, so the score is one thing that I think okay and this is kind of an issue I've had I had with Dunkirk though that was a different composer as well Um, I thought the score in that film was a little overbearing. okay so what are issues I can talk about that are not spoiler issues (sighs) let me think
0: yes this is why I'm introducing the podcast we're changing up our rhythm here so that I don't mess up and if there is a mess up, Jeff can do it first.
1: It'll be great. <laughs> in terms of spoiling the movie, I think that there's motivations with John David Washington's character that are a little fuzzy and don't quite make sense. I'm not, And I don't mean his overall motivation in the movie. I do mean another motivation as it relates to another character in the movie like we are not really given an understanding of why he's motivated to do what he does on behalf of another character in the movie. Um, and we could talk more about this in spoilers to clarify, but that was one issue I had with it. I'm not sure. I think largely the biggest thing is this movie just keeps going and is almost kind of exhausting in a way it doesn't give its story time to breathe it doesn't and as a result it doesn't give your its audience time to kind of catch up with everything that's going on but i do think like you need your story to like you're providing a storytelling to your audience and your audience needs to be able to understand the story your audience needs to be able to understand the story's concepts and everything and keep up. And I think the biggest issue with this movie is that it doesn't allow its audience to do that. And it makes me wonder, realizing that, if it is hiding issues or flaws with its logic or or what have you be it in the story or its concepts um i don't know that it is yet because again i have to as you, you have said, to
0: see it again and you have again. to knock that potty
1: i have to break it down yeah. and think about it a second time after rewatching it and really like mull over whether or not everything fully makes sense but as is this this fucking movie will not stop <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking freight t- train you know and part of it is like okay we've seen movies where uh, whatever it is you kind of have to like go for go along for the ride and not question too much what's happening right like you you're fond of quoting looper in this regard to an extent right
0: am not gonna talk time travel shit we're not we're gonna be here all day pulling apart threads Something yeah. along those lines. Yeah,
1: that's a diner scene in Looper. And Tenet does have a brief moment along those lines. In the
0: beginning. Right. In the beginning.
1: As well. And I, I maybe the movie, at its rapid pace, <laughs> uh, is trying to tell you, tell the audience, just go along with it. And um, sometimes that works when a movie does that and you can kind of over overlook it. but this movie is almost so like insistent and repressive with its pace and its information it's throwing at its characters it almost begs me to take to, to, to stop and be like okay, but how much of this makes sense? How much of this actually checks out? So I'm a little on the fence of like to what extent I feel like i should care about that or versus to 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 what extent like i should just kind of enjoy the experience of the film if that makes any sense you're looking at me
0: i'm just smiling right now <laughs> yeah well is is that the own are those the only issues you had with the film
1: uh no no, I oh. will. I will say no. I'm I trying mean, to, in the non-spoiler section. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. remember everything that I, I took issue with um, before we get into spoilers. Mm, but because <laughs> I, I, I knew I should have last that night.
0: That is the sound of Jeff holding his tongue.
1: <laughs> I knew I should have last night, but I did not choose to take notes so maybe maybe i'm hampered by that but go ahead what, what was what are issues you had with the movie
0: honestly i feel like i have to watch this film a second time mm-hmm. it, there's just there's so much that happens there yeah. isn't breathing room but i like that it's fast i feel like christopher nolan is you know giving us this film and is trusting us to keep up but at times it is hard because, you know, sometimes there's things like I can't always hear what people are saying, you know, so I'm a little like yes. hindered by that. And that if might I was be... watching this on subtitles, yeah. I would be absorbing all the information and education that he's giving us um, yeah. a little better. I'm wondering, you know, you stepped out at a vital part where. Oh,
1: man. Uh, there I was hoping was... It wasn't.
0: <laughs> God. Another reason to rewatch the man. film. <laughs> You know, you stepped out at a part where they are more quiet and they're kind of resting. But even the editing is like, you know, you can tell something happened. Like, they fell asleep. They took turns sleeping and all of a sudden... You know, it's kind of like I assume I assume that they were taking turns sleeping, mm. and it chops and chops and chops to each other waking up. You know, so it's it's really odd. Is that, so yeah, is there that, is no breathing room. Is
1: that an issue that you have with the movie?
0: Yeah, there's no breathing room, but I like that it's fast. I just wish that I had a reset moment. You
1: know. yeah you bring up a- another interesting point which as much as I appreciate the editing of the movie one issue I had with it is there are a lot of times where it lacked establishing shots There were some jarring cuts from one location to another like a character will be will be in one location like a freeway or, or, or whatever then all of a sudden like in another cut, They'll be in a completely different location. And usually a filmmaker will create establishing shots to transition between scenes and also orientate the audience. And there's a handful of times where this movie lacks that. And
0: And look, I get it because they're dealing with like one of his most complicated concepts, right? There is no time for a lot of establishing shots. Well, I mm-hmm. don't... Really? Is there no time That's for... That's how I feel. Like, I mean, like, if three we Three seconds. Had, okay, come on now. If we added three seconds for every establishing shot that we had, this movie probably would have been 20, 30 minutes longer. Come I, on now.
1: I, I'm, I'm. There's, like, five occasions, maybe, where this was needed. Like, we're talking... But even
0: when they are... Maybe 30
1: seconds extra in the movie. Even
0: when they are giving some sort of establishing shot... It's quick moving. Like, there isn't a pause shot. Like I.
1: So it wouldn't take much time. What? So it wouldn't take much time to do more.
0: Yeah, but you would still keep this movement going. This film is mm-hmm. constantly moving with yes. the camera, constantly moving with the, the diagonals. And there's, like, one moment where... You know if you have a fence that's... Think of a fence, okay? A white picket mm-hmm. fence
1: mm-hmm.
0: that... Mrs. one board, has a board. Mrs. one board, has a board. Yeah. And when you're walking fast and another person's walking on the other side of it, it creates this, oh, okay, I'm a little nauseous now. It creates this, like, sort of, like, extra movement because your eye is getting confused okay. with the white sections to it, or black, you know, it depends what it is. And even when they're trying to establish where they are, they're at, like, a harbor... That is the kind of shot that's happening, and so it's very confusing. But it's also like, oh, we could have just slowed down. No, there isn't time to slow down because this is a time film.
1: So why do you think? Okay, so you. you so just I think said, it's
0: an artist's choice. I guess I'm defending it.
1: Okay, so why? That was the other thing I was going to say. Is okay. He's going at the pace that he is. Is it to hide? any of the actual issues of the logic of the film or what have you, and, and try to prevent you from being able to think about it too much.
0: <laughs> Until it comes out on Blu-ray.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Like, Do you think that that's like the, the reason behind the choice of making this thing go at such a hypertension rhythm?
0: I think it might be a playing with style. And also, I think it's intentional. No matter yeah. what, I think it's intentional. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, like, why why would it happen, right? Think about Interstellar. Interstellar is a pretty slow-moving movie. Yes. You know, if you think about it, there's... Yes. Uh, and it's, like, a different theme, right? They're happening in space. Again, time is a little different in that film. Yeah, I, he's I playing with time
1: in that, yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm.
0: But, like, that movie's pretty long, right?
1: It's a little bit longer than Tenet is. Tenet is two and a half hours, and I think Interstellar is 15 minutes longer.
0: I think that it's his intention to have a very fast moving film, because they're trying to stop the end of the world from happening in like a few days. Uh Sure, Interstellar is kind of doing the same thing in a way, but nobody knows for certain what day that's going to happen. Here, in Tenet, we know what day it's going to happen. And so I think it's all just moving very quickly. You know, they're trying to stop World War III. So I appreciate them getting a fire lit under their ass. Honestly, if this movie was slower, maybe we wouldn't believe the stakes. Really? You think so? I think it's possible we would be questioning it. And so like you said... No, 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 no. Like you said, like, oh, is it moving too quickly to hide flaws? No, I think it's moving too quickly to raise the stakes. The pacing of the film is to raise the stakes.
1: I'm not sure about that. I mean like that argues that the stakes in Hunt for Red October are aren't believed about nuclear um weapons and you know them trying to race to try to catch up with the submarine. Okay, and, like and,
0: dude, the Red October experience I I could have meditated during it. Okay. Yeah, with but this one I'm like hyperventilating. Stakes, right?
1: It's not like you question, oh, but are the nuclear weapons that big of a deal? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's not. I don't. I don't buy that the the pace determines necessarily how high the stakes are. I now, I think what you're maybe trying to. I think
0: they amplify it. Okay. I don't think you get to disagree with that. I,
1: I, yeah, I. Th- I can. The film I could technique
0: is amplifying the story.
1: I. Th- think i understand what you're trying to say is it well i mean correct me if i'm wrong what you're actually trying to say is really that it's like giving a heightened experience of this race against time it's trying to make you feel that race against time race
0: against time means you have to treat time with respect and keep moving and apparently
1: well, that there's a deadline, right? Like they're, they're trying to stop something from happening.
0: Yeah, and so apparently, poor John David Washington never gets to eat or drink anything. He orders that's food true. and he orders drink, but he never gets to yeah, <laughs> He never gets to like eat
1: that's or true. drink. yeah,
0: which I thought was pretty funny.
1: All right, so is there anything else that you want to say before we get into spoilers? No, let's
0: go ahead and jump in there.
1: Okay, so... Here we go. Well, hold on. Before we do, let's wait. No, no, it's time. The good outweighs (laughs) the bad for those who haven't seen the movie.
0: I think everyone should watch this. I even recommended my parents watch it. Look, I love my parents. I don't think they're going to quite get the concept fully about this movie, but I think they're going to have a lot of fun watching all the action. So I said to them, "Go watch it for the action."
1: Yeah, I think this is a movie that trusts your intelligence to an extent, but also maybe it really requires some strong attention <laughs> going to see and this, this movie. And this is
0: why I said to my parents, "Go watch for the action," because I know my mom and dad are going to fall asleep in between because it's them. Yeah.
1: You know? uh-huh. Okay. So this movie definitely requires your strict attention while also, to an extent, respecting your intelligence. More importantly, though, I think that you will see stuff in the second half of this film that is fairly extraordinary and very interesting and kind of cool, and you'll pick up on certain things as they're happening as as something that's time-related that you're like, ah, I bet that's a thing that we're going to see shortly was actually this character or whatever. It, is, it does have its issues. It does have its flaws. I don't think it's a uh, perfect film. I give the film a 7 out of 10.
0: I give it an 8 out of 10 until I watch it again. Maybe it'll be a 9.
1: <laughs> Maybe
0: not. I never said that. <laughs> That's not okay. what I said. Okay,
1: so... if you know you haven't seen Tenet which is very understandable if you haven't if you live in the United States then go ahead and pause this podcast uh, and come back when you have seen the film if you have seen the film maybe you're not in the United States Uh, maybe you're in another part of the world and you're in a place where it's safe to have a good time at the theater uh, without any qualms Feel free to join us for our spoiler discussion the rest of the episode of our review of Tenet. Okay, Shanna, so let's try to spend about 10-15 minutes here talking about some of the more spoilery, the specific details of Tenet. Good or bad, what do you want to talk about?
0: So, again, I know I don't have to necessarily tread lightly in this section, but regardless i'm gonna have you talk about spoiler things why don't you start with the bad and then we'll end with the good and we'll make like a positive sandwich Uh,
1: okay so the first thing that comes to mind is the protagonist i think john david washington's character is credited as protagonist i don't think he has a name right
0: well he owns the title (laughs) Yeah, he's like very empowered by the title that's a
1: thing and i'm sure if we had more time that's a thing that you could probably chew on and be like okay well what's what is it that no one's trying to get at by this whole the protagonist thing and talk about you're the protagonist here but getting to my my issue the protagonist's motivation to help and save elizabeth debicki's cat I'm not really sure that I get sold on the whys there. Like there seems to be a lot of concern from him about what happens to her. And uh, he, he seems to like often be very protective of her. And I don't know if it's a romantic thing. If it is a romantic thing, I don't necessarily buy it, but I don't know what it is, but like, whatever the motivation is there it's very unclear and i'm left kind of wondering halfway through the maybe like why do you care so much um so that's that's one issue i don't necessarily think the script may, is successful at conveying
0: you know i think it, it constantly comes down to well he needs her in order to access the husband andre he seems to
1: care so, a little bit more than using her as a tool, though.
0: Yeah, but you mentioned, like, oh, he's super protective. Right. And Kat actually says to Andre when he's about to punch her with cufflinks in a belt that she will scream so loud and the protagonist will come in and get you kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: sure, maybe there's a little bit of romance there, but, the, you know, in the end, he says he can't go back to her unless it's to protect her
1: yeah but that doesn't really necessarily explain or speak to my issue of the why
0: i think he's an honorable man there's other things that are mentioned robert patterson patterson's character neil asks would you take a child hostage right and he shakes his head would you take a woman hostage then he nods if i have to so he's got a code of sorts that he's following and i think that part of his code is well i got cat into this situation where she's even more trapped now i need to get her out Hmm. is how i feel about it
1: is it i don't i'm not sure that that works for me that whole dynamic between the two characters again the movie doesn't give you a whole lot of Time to think about it and to concern yourself with it too much. But when I did have a moment thinking about it, it must have been like the second or third time he's like stressing over her well being. Uh, I, I did have a moment of, but why? Why do you care so much about her in particular? So that didn't necessarily work for me. That's mostly my issues aside from the score and sound design sometimes being an issue. Like you. F- freaking jumped uh oh, yeah. like within five minutes of the movie because the sound design was so like loud
0: look it, it took me a while to get desensitized again mm. uh, well, i have- personally think it was a get used to dolby sound or whatever sound it is like, you didn't I have it's that it's issue with
1: new mutants though
0: yeah but new mutants is quiet it's a quiet film compared. it's a horror
1: film it has like jump scares and everything
0: yeah, but, like, sound-wise, it's a quiet film. All
1: right, all right. You know?
0: All right. With a a, a bear growl here and there.
1: Okay. All right. I, I disagree, but okay. Uh, what what did you want to talk about in spoilers?
0: Look, I think it was very amusing when they had bungeed up to that apartment. Oh, yeah. And they had to exit. I found it very amusing that Washington was just... Was just behind Pattinson, and Pattinson looked like he was a vampire again. You know, <laughs> I thought that that was very amusing. Okay, <laughs> I I got a kick out of that. Uh,
1: that whole bungee thing that was was kind of brilliant because like no one's ever thought about that before. Like we've seen James Bond bungee jump off of a dam, mm-hmm. but we've never seen someone do the reverse.
0: There was definitely whiplash there. No one was getting treated that we could see, but there was fucking whiplash. I'm telling you now. Uh The brain.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No
0: one was looking after their brain there or neck. Yeah. So look, I don't really have anything that I didn't like.
1: Or like. Like. Like of course there's stuff I liked,
0: but are we done talking about what we didn't like? Because I don't have any. Hey man,
1: this is spoiler section. It's okay. free form. We can talk whatever. I
0: loved the little bump of an arc that Kat went through. I hated her when she was like super submissive and like I'm so trapped. I'm so trapped. You know, I'm I'm twice as tall as my husband, but I'm so trapped. And <laughs> twice I liked. As tall. Maybe I expect a lot of tall women. I don't know. I guess. And I liked how she ended up being the one that killed him. How smart she was to put sunscreen down on the floor. And also on his back. Mm -hmm. Like that was amazing to be able
1: to slide her on the him on the floor yeah and like
0: you know when we first see her she talks about oh you know she spent the day ashore and when she came back to the boat she saw this other woman that she obviously thought her husband was with no no no
1: she said she thought it was him no did I mishear that
0: yeah
1: okay see this thing I saw this woman
0: and she jumped off the boat and I was so envious of her because she was so free okay and i loved how it that came full circle because yeah she was free and empowered after that yeah. and i loved how like when the military like when the the group of militia come and help protagonist and neil in one the of, end when cat gets shot at that point in the um. film i loved how the guy in charge said this is cowboy shit And then after the husband got shot, they've got him roped up and are dragging him as the boat goes away like cowboy shit. So I kind of like that little bit of fun that they were having. Mm. I don't know when they had time to tie such wonderful knotting like that, but there we go.
1: You know, I I guess uh, there's not a lot that I feel like I need to talk out you know there's a lot of moments where you're like that was really cool and that was really cool and i really like that you know and that that you know we could do that all day and that might get a little bit boring but in in terms of things where it's like yeah let's talk about this uh, kind of thing there's not a whole lot per se but i will say there's a lot of moments in the movie where like there's maybe a main character is fighting another character and you're kind of like there's something going on with that other character and you're like "Ah, (laughs) oh but that's him you know yeah which by the way that fight that first time we see everything kind of reversed um when they're in the vault okay so why would it brings the question okay why would he try shooting himself
0: he wasn't shooting himself he was trying not to
1: but okay so why bring a gun to it in the first place then why even introduce the gun and element into the fight if you're not trying to kill yourself? Like, when he shoots, he, sh- he almost shoots himself in the head three times in the window.
0: But he's not trying to shoot himself. If you look at the movement carefully, he's trying to keep the gun away from his past self. And so he's emptying it out.
1: Oh, okay. So that okay, neither okay.
0: of them get shot.
1: That part, okay. That That's... The key the, that I see,
0: this is why you need to be educated in looper shit.
1: Whatever, love. <laughs> no, no, you're trying to empty it out. Yeah. No, no. He had to Some empty logic. it out.
0: That's what he was trying to do. He wasn't trying, like, he I wasn't mean, trying to. Couldn't he shoot. have,
1: like, couldn't he have put his hand down and tried empty it out away from them?
0: No, because his past self kept trying to get the gun away from him. Uh. So he was doing what he could. All
1: right, I'll buy it.
0: Personally, I really love the part where, like, Neil has to say goodbye and protagonist is like, oh, shit, you took the bullet for me.
1: Yeah. Um, that was another thing where it's like, oh, there's something to, like, something on this person, this dead body.
0: I knew it was him. And, and of I saw it.
1: I couldn't, I couldn't play because I didn't see that thing before. So I couldn't be like, oh, who is that? Um, or I, I was wondering, who is that? I don't know. I feel like I'm supposed to know who that person is. No,
0: you weren't. It was supposed to be a clue for later.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But I,
0: I love their conversation about mm-hmm. protagonists. Is like, this is this is the beginning for me, but there's going to be more. For you, yeah. And uh, Cause he, cause... Neil is like, this is the end of a beautiful relationship for me. <laughs> it's and like it, Casablanca. Was just, it was such a sweet brother moment, you know? I loved it so much.
1: bro... Romance, yeah no that was really interesting and it, i don't necessarily know what i want to see this but i was thinking wow like how great of nolan to make these self-contained movies that have no chance for sequels and then at the <laughs> end robert pattinson's like we have a lot of other adventures that we go on friend and i'm like oh how interesting i don't know if i Could necessarily we have
0: shorts i would be happy with shorts Oh, all right that would I, make me really
1: happy i could go with that i i otherwise don't know that i would necessarily want to see more because like part of the hook of tenant is like going back like maybe this that's where like the thing, breathing right? room
0: is gonna happen the <laughs> breathing room is God. gonna happen in an hbo show
1: oh my gosh okay
0: <laughs> with 12 episodes Yeah. that's not gonna come out until the virus has a vaccine yeah oh my gosh
1: yeah i no bueno lovey no bueno <laughs> <laughs> Let's not put that up. I'm there.
0: putting it into the universe. There uh, it is. All
1: right. Uh, is there anything else that you want to discuss?
0: No, I, I love this film. I want to watch it again.
1: I'm probably forgetting something. I'm sure there is something. I was like, oh, yeah. But I think I've mostly made my thoughts pretty clear about this. But what did you guys think about Tenet? Those of you that have seen it, feel free to email us at the Gibson Review at gmail.com shanna where can everyone find you online
0: you can find me on instagram shanna underscore paxton underscore photography and you can find me on flick Chart at spellbinding the letter a at the end not a
1: a spellbinding <laughs> a Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode. Go to thegibsonreview.com for all features and other episodes of The Movie Lovers and all other lists. Go to Instagram thegibson99 to participate in polls. Right now we're doing your favorite teen movies. If you haven't already, listen back to episode 89. We actually count down our favorite teen movies and review The New Mutants. Not as bad a movie as uh, The reputation might suggest go listen to our thoughts on our and, and details about that uh, but you can join us on the instagram to participate in a poll of your favorite teen movies that's happening right now you recently voted scarlett johansson as your favorite actress of all time beating out Kate blanchett as your favorite actress of all time and and 62 61 other actresses On the next episode, we will be reviewing Mulan, the remake Mulan that's hitting Disney Plus, uh, well, as of last night at the time of recording. This is Friday, I think, that we're recording right now. So we'll review that, and then we'll also count down our favorite Chinese movies. So that will be a proper episode available on September 15th, Tuesday, a week from this coming Tuesday, or this Tuesday. I don't know when you're listening to this, but <laughs> September fifteenth is when the next proper episode of the Movie Lovers comes out. Uh, keep an eye out for that on Facebook, The Gibson Review, and Instagram ninety nine, the Gibson ninety nine. Uh, you can also find me on FlickTart too, The Gibson ninety nine. Uh, in the meantime, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying
0: bye bye.